Hello, St. Peter families. We are glad to be with you again, and we are here together, Blake and I, and we have wanted to bring to you another method for prayer, since each of us prays in a different way that's unique to our own relationship with the Lord. So today I want to ask Blake some questions about a particular style that he prays with, which is called Lexio Divina. So Blake, would you explain to us what Lexio Divina is? Yeah, of course. So Lexio Divina is Latin for sacred reading, but I use it kind of just as a general expression to say praying with scripture. Because as you've listened to us discuss prayer and run you through a couple of different meditations, you've seen that praying with scripture kind of follows the same general pattern. So the general outline is we read scripture, then we reflect on what we've read. Next, we respond or talk to God about our reflections and what comes out in our ideas and emotions. And then finally, we reach a point of rest, or I'm going to call it a point of understanding, because you might not feel at rest, but you're going to come to an understanding or peace with God in prayer. And I call these the four moments of Lexio Divina. Read, reflect, respond, and rest. So when I pray with Lexio Divina, or suggesting you to pray with Lexio Divina, don't think you're going to read a whole chapter of a book of a Bible. Focus on just a few verses, 10 to 15. And I usually pray in this style for 20 minutes. It gives you lots of time to dive into the text, uh, to read, reflect, respond, and then rest over it. During that time, I take notice of what comes to mind. It might be a thought or an emotion. Sometimes it brings me my own experiences that I have during the week or during the day, but sometimes a new thought or an emotion comes. And so I begin to pray with that, talking with the Lord about what has come forth in this prayer. That's great. So it kind of has that structure of throughout all of the prayer that you have for Lexio Divina then, those four, which makes it easy to remember, which mm -hmm. is good. So I'm wondering, if you read a passage and nothing strikes you right away, what do you do then? Practice and keep at it. That's the best thing that I can say is because it's just like anything we do. It does take some practice. It takes a lot of work to get good at anything. And prayer is no different. It took me a good year and a half before I felt like I had a good habit and actually could come to prayer and be like, I know what I'm doing. A lot of it was just trial and error, growing in comfort and praying this way. But I'm big on emphasizing both faith and reason. So sometimes it's going to be immediate. The Lord's going to speak to you. A word or a phrase is going to jump off the page. But other times God wants you to use like your own intellect, your own reasoning, your own emotions to talk with him. And so sometimes we think prayer is God doing all the work, just like giving us these automatic insights. But he wants us to do our part too. And so what I've learned and what I would suggest that if nothing strikes you originally, just start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Start with what might be the most important thing that you think is going on in this passage, or maybe even just what interests you. So it doesn't have to be what's most important, but what do you find interesting about this? And then let that be your starting point for prayer. If nothing strikes you, take it as an invitation from God to just say, hey Lord, here's where I want to start. Let's go from here and enter into conversation with him. That's great. Because you can always do that, even if you come to prayer with feeling very poor, like there's nothing that strikes you. or, And it sounds like a lot of it, too, is preparation. Do you look at the passage ahead of time? Yeah, usually I try to. Um, that's one thing that I've learned. Study beforehand is good mm -hmm. to help you be able to pray well. 
and it doesn't have to be extensive. Me, I go to commentaries, but just simply reading the scripture over and over again or increasing your exposure to the whole of the Bible will help you in your prayer. So it doesn't have to be extensive, but yeah, a little bit of reading beforehand really does help. Great. So that's kind of that, like you bring yourself to the prayer then Mm -hmm. too. Okay, so another question I have too is, how do you know if you are praying with your intellect in this way, how do you know if you're kind of forcing your own thoughts onto scripture or if you're actually receiving something from Jesus from the text? Mm -hmm. Kind of that difference. Yeah, the best way to put it is by the fruits you will know it. As the Lord says, the more you live a life of prayer, the more you come to know. It's easy enough for me to say that, and maybe you've experienced it, maybe you haven't, listeners. But it's sometimes hard to explain when it's a true insight and when it's not. But maybe this recent experience will be a little bit instructive. So I was praying with the passage from 1 Thessalonians, and I read the line, Do not despise prophesying. People generally think prophecy is kind of about telling the future. So when you, you're a prophet or you make a prophecy, it's something in the future. But if we're thinking in a biblical way, prophecy is just telling reality as it is, whether it's from the past, in the present, or in the future. And it's telling it from God's perspective. So a little bit of understanding with what the Lord wants to do with reality. So as I prayed with this passage, I was struggling with this situation put before me and dealing with some behaviors in CCD. And as I prayed, it felt like I received strength. It felt like there was a consolation from God that I'd be able to handle the situation that arose in CCD. And for me, at that moment, I felt the Lord speaking to me, don't despise prophesying. Hey, you have a job to do. So I want you to go and do the job. Don't despise your job, your role in speaking truth in the present to address the situation. And that wasn't something that I brought to my prayer immediately. It wasn't something that was on my mind. And so you'll find as you continue to pray and go about this style of prayer that that's going to happen. And so I kind of feel confirmed that this is not just me putting my own words into the situation. It was something that the Lord brought forth. So I want to offer one other piece of information We don't have to worry as much as about like forcing our own interpretations as long as they don't contradict scripture. So there's objective things that we need to know about scripture, what it's saying, what it actually means. But then God gives us a whole bunch of room to play with our own personal experiences, our own thoughts and emotions with sacred scripture. As long as the two don't go against each other, we're good to kind of bring whatever it is to our prayer. It's kind of like playing a game. The rules give us the ability to play the game well, but there's multiple ways to play a football game. You might be a more run-based team at times. You might be a more pass-based team at times. And so we don't have to worry necessarily about putting our own spin or our own interpretations as long as it doesn't go against what Scripture is actually trying to say to us. That's great because that's that idea of like the Lord blesses what or grace builds on nature. So if you bring him your nature... He's going to grace it. So as you were talking too, another question that came to mind is how do you choose which passage to pray with? Yeah. And I think this is maybe what sets what I do apart from other ways to pray with scripture. I consider I've trained kind of in a monastic style, praying of Lexio Divina. And I say monastic because it developed from the habits of the monks. Well, when they first started praying, 
they didn't have Bibles as we do today. They only had usually like one book of the Bible and they had to share. Or there was only five books of the Bible in the whole monastery. So you might have the Gospels in one other text. And so you just prayed with what you had before you. We're so blessed because we can open up the Bible and pray with anything. But if you only have the Gospel of Mark for two years before you, you just slowly work your way through Mark, and that's your text. And so what I usually do when I choose a passage to pray with is I'll begin a book of the Bible, so a letter, a book, and then I just go forward and backwards, or maybe I stay put throughout just working my way through the book of the Bible. Generally, I know that the goal is to finish the book, but there's no time frame, and I just consistently work my way through it. And I found that praying in this way is so helpful uh, for its consistency. You really get a mind for the author and what is being said. You don't have to worry every day about finding a new passage. It's not like I'm trying to find what fits me this day. I just Mm -hmm. take what's put before me. And it also opens up the entire Bible for prayer. Because one issue I challenge you to do is pray Ignatian prayer with the book of Leviticus. I think most people are going to find the book of Leviticus, which is a bunch of laws, a bunch of commands from the Lord, a little bit harder to enter into with imaginative prayer, as we discussed last month. Mm -hmm. And that's not bad. Mm -hmm. It's designed for different things. But you really can, in this way, consider the words put before you in the book of Leviticus and bring them prayerfully by doing what we've just said. You're reading, you bring kind of what you think about it. Um, your emotions, maybe upon reading a text, and then you enter into conversation with that. So it's a fruitful way to pray with passages that are more declarative, which I kind of classify as either talking about things or teaching versus more of like telling a scene or a story of the Bible. But the most important thing that we need to remember, and as I kind of wrap up my thoughts on how do you choose something to pray with, is just prayers are privileged conversation with God. And so whatever we put before us in sacred scripture is meant to bring us into conversation with him. And so whether it's a new insight that you've got or a new fact, we need to reach a point where we're actually talking with him about it. Lord, how do I put this into play in my life? Or what do I actually think about this? And so it's the same whether we're reading one of St. Paul's letters or whether we're hearing the Lord describe a parable. We've reached this point where we're talking to him about what he's doing in our lives from sacred scripture. That's beautiful. And that's receiving from him too, not just what is it that I want to pray with, but what is he feeding me through the scripture? So great. Well, would you give us an example of how to pray Lexio Divina? Guide us through that? Yeah, of course. We've done a few different meditations. And what we want to do today is just pray with our gospel for this upcoming Sunday. So we're going to release this at the beginning of February. And so this is going to be for the fifth Sunday in ordinary time in year C of the lectionary. So as Jesus calls the first disciples, as we should, let's begin all prayer with asking the Holy Spirit to help us to pray. So if you would join me in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds to the words of our Lord in Scripture. Inflame our hearts so that we may understand and put into practice what we hear. Listen to these words from the Gospel of St. Luke. While the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. 
Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish. And as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they were beginning to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Henceforth you'll be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So in this time to follow, pay attention whether something came to mind. What took your attention? Was it a particular scene that happened, an exchange of words? Or maybe it was a feeling? And if nothing immediately came to mind, start where you want to. And as you're considering, just listen one more time to these words. While the people pressed upon him to hear the words of God, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish. And as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they were beginning to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the son of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So feel free to continue to meditate on this by pausing. And as we wrap up and pray, let us give glory to the Father by saying glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the Father, the Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Uh, we'll publish this meditation as a standalone. And as we lead up to this Sunday, continue to revisit it. I think the more that you will practice doing this meditation, 
If you do it every single day, you might find something else is going to catch your attention, or you might pray with a different component of this scene. So then by the time you get to Sunday, you're going to have this well-prepared understanding of the scripture, and then even enter into further deeper with our Lord when you hear the gospel again, and then receive him and his body and blood. Thank you, Blake. That was yeah. a beautiful meditation. And and I couple Blake's invitation to pray with it many times and just sit with the Lord with it. So thank you very much for listening. God bless you, and we are praying for you. God bless you.